0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate.
1: Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. Glad you're here joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning, because we are in spring now, after all, for week two, I guess. And I'm your host, Jason Laidler, here with the world-famous co-host, Ted Walsh.
2: And good morning, Ted. How are you? Good morning, Jason. I'm well, thank you. And good morning, one and all. It's the final Sunday of March, if you can it's believe crazy, it. crazy, eh? I mean, next time we gather and we start talking, we're going to be talking uh, Taxes because oh, uh, taxes. end of April is when taxes are
1: due, right? Uh, ta- not,
2: not, we're not going to spend a lot of taxes because we're not, we're, touch- money, we're not a money show. We're no, m- that's about right. probate. And we we're touched on taxes money.
1: already because of, because it is tax season. In fact, when we talked about the spring arriving, mm. I, I compared it to tax season arriving at the same time. But I thought you were going to talk about flowers because isn't that what most people think about when spring, oh, when, yeah. April, when April
2: happens? Well, your tulips and your yeah. uh, daffodils start popping up. And, I know, and it's uh, so I, fun I to see it. those little things popping up. I love it. I I love it. The only thing that, that frightens me about it is that suddenly you go from like a, just a, a, a mess of snow and, and mud and stuff to, Which I hate. to pretty, pretty, pretty colors. But you know, the next thing you know, you're going to turn around and it's going to be the grass needs to be cut. This needs to be trimmed. And for some people, that's that's a bit of a pain. I know. But but not but... for me. From For me this year, I'm actually looking forward to doing more work in the yard because last year at this time, well, I was in the hospital yep. in, in, in at the end of April yep. of last year with COVID. I knew that. So uh, by the time I came out, it was the end of April and and May for me was nothing but but napping at, at home because I mean I, had, I was sapped of strength and and my weight was down to nothing. Mm-hmm. And So I didn't get out and do anything. And by the time I got to the yard, oh my gosh, it, it just it was out of control. So, so this year, I'm going to be on top of it so that it doesn't get out of control. So what you're
1: saying is you do your own yard work? I thought you might have had, like, a small, te- have, a small team well, of gardeners I, yeah. at the uh, Walshin Mansion. Yes, oh, yeah. I, just <laughs> dozens of them. The, the trucks are pulling the up part, right now. Part, you part, can hear the beep, staffing. beep, beep. Yeah. Good help's hard yeah, to find, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if uh, you're interested or not. I'm not sure if I am either, to be honest. But apparently, uh, later on today, will be the 94th. Academy Awards show I have to tell you something that when I was growing up um, and this
2: is back when Bob Hope used to uh, Who host uh, shut up? <laughs> Bob Hope used to <laughs> host the Oscars and Johnny Carson hosted the Oscars. I had all kinds of great great hosts over the years I loved watching the Oscars uh, over the last ten years My interest has faded substantially as has uh, m- many people's and award shows are becoming a bit of a, a relic yeah, why is
1: that, though? I, because I agree with you. there's a
2: lot of controversy surrounding, first of all, there was a lot of controversy surrounding uh, the Academy Awards, the, the, the board members. Yeah, but that's not new. We're all, all white. Oh. There, there, there's no representation of African-Americans in, in, in the director's chairs, in, in all kinds of different positions. Right. A lot of controversy, and it just...
1: Uh, so they're no longer uh, politically correct, I
2: guess, is what you're trying to say. Well, I don't think it's just that. Yeah. I think it also gets to the point where
1: I don't know how you can say one is better than the other anyway. I always, when I was a little younger, I thought, okay, I don't don't really follow it that close, but I thought, okay, the nominations for Best Picture, I thought, well, they gotta be half decent movies at least. So I always wanted to make a point of at least seeing those movies. I don't think I ever did. I mean, I can't say I didn't see any of them, I've seen a couple of them, but I know I can tell you this for sure. I saw one, and I just couldn't believe that it was a Best Picture nominee because it was terrible. And I thought, okay, well, so much for that metric. So much for using that as a metric. As to what makes a good movie and what doesn't make a good movie, I don't really, I don't really buy into it anymore. Right? Like you say, it's probably political.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. There's there's a number, of, and it's not just the Academy Awards. I think it's a number yep. of different award shows. But for those people who enjoy it, enjoy the evening. You know, sit back with your popcorn and your champagne or whatever it is that you have with it, and enjoy. Well, speaking of
1: political, do you want to uh, tell the listeners about
2: your friend? My friend, Andy, Andy Donato, and many of you know who he is. He's a brilliant uh, editorial cartoonist with the, with the Toronto Sun. I
1: can't believe he creates that stuff. It just blows my mind. Yeah,
2: he's and he's been doing it for well, 60 years, yeah. I think, something like that. Andy Donato is also a tremendous artist, a, a painter. He has an exhibit going on right now in Mississauga at the Port Credit Art Museum. He is donating... 40% of uh, the sales of his artwork to the Red Cross to benefit to the Ukrainian Relief Fund because of all the, um, Very the impressive. hell that broke out Very there. impressive. Exactly. Andy well and is a wonderful man. First of all, he's a brilliantly talented man, yeah. and he's a terrific guy, and he's a regular listener of the show. This might be a silly question. He's yeah. not
1: Ukrainian, right? Andy Donato. Donato, right. right. Okay. No. No. You know, you can't. No, you know, speaking not. of being politically correct, I just didn't want to make assumptions. Or Andy Donuts, as he likes to call himself. Donuts. <laughs> Andy Donuts. And, and so then kudos. You. Kudos to uh, Mr. Yeah. Donato, yeah, uh, who's not Ukrainian, for doing that. Very generous, of course. This is the Avoid Probate Show, and we are going to talk about probate stuff. Uh, if you're joining us late, you're, you are in the right place, I hope. And uh, we're going to come back after a quick break, and I've got some breaking news: uh, recent court decision on the treatment of beneficiaries, and that's critical because we talk about beneficiaries and how important they are here as a tool to avoid probate. We'll get into that right after you have a minute to top up your tea and coffee. We'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca
0: or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. (laughs) Good afternoon,
3: friends. We are gathered here to remember Insert your name and we're heartbroken because Insert your name did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of Insert your name have to wait a long time for what
0: rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry.
3: Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca
0: this is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason
2: Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Thank you for joining us this morning. Welcome back to the program. It is the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Walsh with Jason Laidler. And the information that we provide each week in this program is for general consumption, only it's not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation is different So if you have legal or investment questions, speak with a licensed expert, or of course you can contact Jason. Email is info at avoidprobate.ca. That's info at avoidprobate.ca. Or toll free 1-844-667-7628.
1: 1-844-667-7628. Mr. Ladler, Thank you, Ted. All right, let's dive in here. We are as I said, you're listening to the Avoid Probate Show on AM 740. Thank you for being here. If you're new to the show, we hope you become a regular listener. And, and by the way, just as an aside, Ted, I've had a few calls lately from people who recently heard the show and were raving about it. So that's good. We like to hear that feedback. We talk every week about, well, the tools that we have available to avoid probate. Probate is what I call the probate nightmare, is the public court process that most people need to go through before they can begin to settle the estate of of a deceased person. We do have a mailbag today. Hopefully we can get to that because I've got, you know, I'll expand on some real life stories and some real life examples. But the process is avoidable. A lot of people don't realize that. And there's good reasons to avoid it because it's not just about the probate fee itself, which you can call, you know, a death tax, or the, the pound of flesh that needs to be paid to the provincial minister of finance. It's a provincial matter. It's not a federal matter. It's got nothing to do with Revenue Canada. Nothing to do with Revenue Canada.
2: Question people ask, and I know we've discussed this before, yes. but I'll bring it up again. Yep. How much different is the probate tax in Ontario versus, Ontario, uh, versus Quebec versus Alberta, PEI, Newfoundland? Great
1: question, and the short answer is I don't know, but I can tell you there is a probate fee in every province and territory in Canada except mm. Quebec, mm and... Well, they don't need it because they get all (laughs) the money from the feds. Okay, if you say so. I do. I have said on the show before that Ontario has the highest probate fee in the country. When we had John Natalie here as a guest, he was here representing Manulife. He's the head of tax and estate planning for Manulife Canada. So Mm -hmm. he's a smart cookie and he knows what he's talking about. He talked about a story out of Nova Scotia, which I'm going to get back to kind of. It's what I I have here today for uh, today's topic is sort of out of Nova Scotia as well. But anyway, he said. Nova Scotia has the highest probate fee or rate in the country, but it's actually not so easy to make that statement because some provinces have tiers. So if the estate value is X, the probate fee is Y. If the estate value is X plus, the probate fee is Y plus. And so to say that one is the highest, it also depends on the size of the estate. So in Ontario, for example, there's no probate on the first $50,000 Fifty thousand dollars of estate value. So, you know, if I say it's the highest probate fee in the country, but if your if your estate is worth forty nine thousand nine hundred dollars, the fee is zero. So it's not it's no longer the highest fee in the country. Getting back to your question, if the Ooh. fee is zero, how can it be the highest? So you see what I mean? Yeah. There are tiers, yes. different provinces, and we in Ontario used to have tiers as well. They got rid of those tiers. A few years ago, except for the exclusion of the first 50K.
2: Right. So right after 50 when that's, that's when the tears come.
1: Well, it's, there's no tier. It's just 1.5% after fifty thousand no, tears. it's tiers. That's T-E-A-R-S. Oh, tiers. sorry. I miss. We the jokes, it's, it's, they don't work as well. It's early, Ted. I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Yes, tears. Different tiers. Yes, yes. So... Let's talk about, uh, I, th- I think I touched on, you know, the, what we're trying to do here on a weekly basis, and if you're not sure still, after this hour, which could very well be the case, please don't hesitate to call us or email for some clarity. That happens, and I, I'm okay with that. That's, I'm happy to uh, to clarify and expand on anything we talk about here on the show. So today, we're going to talk about a recent, you know, we try to keep things recent here and, mm-hmm. and uh, hot off the presses so that we're informative. Recent court decision, this is out of Nova Scotia, getting back to Nova Scotia, but it's connected to Ontario, and we're always trying, we're always going to try to bring things back here to talk about Ontario, you know, matters, matters that are affecting our listeners here in Ontario. So, I'll just jump into this article that was published in the uh, Investment Executive. Estate experts are welcoming a Nova Scotia court decision that they say reaffirms the primacy of beneficiary designations. I'll say that again, the primacy of beneficiary designations. I don't, maybe I didn't finish uh, the setup here. You know, the solution that we talk about on a regular basis involves a transfer of investments or assets from the bank, where you cannot put a beneficiary on them because you cannot put a beneficiary on the non-registered money at the bank. We wanna transfer that money over to an insurance company where the rules are different, and you can put a beneficiary on the account once it's transferred to the insurance company. We can recreate the portfolio, Make it something you're comfortable with. I'm not talking about life insurance. It's an option that most people don't realize is available because I I call it the best kept secret in the country. The bank's not going to tell you to move your money. So the whole idea, the whole notion of beneficiaries has been challenged in in court cases uh, many, many times over many, many years. They're a landmark decision at the Supreme Court in 2007 was uh, which wasn't that long ago was a peak which called Pcor versus Pcor family members that's why it's the same name same last name it's a case that took I think 10 years to be decided, it went through all the levels of court. You know, we start with the Superior Court, then there's the Court of Appeal, and then eventually, if it, if it keeps going, it goes to the Supreme Court of Canada, which of course is the final decision. Mm. It takes a long time and it costs a lot of money to, you know, ride that wave. But they did it. And then the decision from the Supreme Court of Canada in 2007 was something that resulted in, a, in something called a resulting trust. In other words, they said just because you're named on the account or just because you're the beneficiary on the account doesn't mean it's yours. And it shocked people because that was the whole idea behind putting somebody on the account was, uh, you know, it becomes theirs. And they said, "No, we we don't see it like that. We see it you put me on a, on your account as a joint owner because it's going to avoid probate, which is true, and and that there's no debate about that. But then, you know, you pass away and I say, well, look at me. I just inherited, you know, Ted's uh, worldly kingdom here, and it's all mine for the for the keeping. And my sibling comes along and says, "No, that's not that's not what Dad wanted at all. He put you on there in a trust capacity, in a trust position, and his intention was for you to share it. Hence, the debate. Right. Okay. So the decision finally was that the yeah. default is unless you've specified that this really is a gift. For my favorite son, Jason, it's going to be treated as a trust situation to be shared with the other beneficiaries. That may come as a surprise to a lot of people. So I'm sharing this because it's pivotal in relation to this new story, which I'll I'll keep uh, reading about here. The decision late last year, it was just uh, this past December, uh, the decision late last year found that a TFSA, a tax-free savings account belonged to the beneficiary named on the plan rather than the TFSA's holder estate. So that's contradicting what I just said happened in PCOR versus PCOR. So the decision was that it really does belong to the kid who's on the TFSA named as a beneficiary. Moving on, however, conflicting case law in recent years from Ontario and other provinces continue to create uncertainty. Those rulings found that named beneficiaries are presumed to hold the proceeds of a registered plan in trust for an estate unless they can prove the plan holder, dad, for example, intended for them to receive the property as a gift. So that's what I was saying. You have to specify that this really, my intention really is to make this a gift or it's not going to be a gift. It's going to be shared in the absence, carrying on in the article, in the absence of a higher court decision, legislation would be needed to clarify that a presumption of resulting trust, that was the decision from PCOR in 2007, it's a resulting trust by default. So a presumption of resulting trust does not apply to beneficiary designations of registered plans and insurance policies, and i got to be clear here too, when they say insurance policies, they don't just mean life insurance because when we talk about moving the investments from the bank over to the insurance company, insurance companies will call that a policy even though it's an investment account. It has a contract number. It's just different nomenclature. They just call it something different. It's an industry standard. But insurance policies can also refer to investment accounts. That's what we want to help people with. As it does with jointly held bank accounts, that legislation would have to come at the provincial level. We're going to go to a quick break here, but I just want to share this quote. A legislative solution would be the quickest way to create certainty on this issue and avoid needless litigation and family disputes, says this tax advisor uh, who works for the Conference of Advanced Life Underwriting, uh, CALU, that's an insurance uh, body, and he said this in an email uh, response to the investment executive uh, magazine that published the article here. So the this case out of uh, Nova Scotia is referred to as Fitzgerald versus Fitzgerald. I'm going to uh, share some of the gory details when we get back from this quick break. But I'm also going to tie it back into Ontario stuff once again because there is conflicting rulings in Ontario, which is kind of crazy. And there's a, there's a point to this. There's a message here which is very important, and it speaks to what we're trying to do here every Sunday. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a minute.
0: Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this.
3: My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Marilyn is a good daughter who wants the best for her elderly mom. Um, Why is she overdrawn on her account? What's going on here? Her mom had money, much of which was tied up in non-registered accounts like GICs, paying next to no interest, which meant... She was dipping into her capital big time because the residence she was staying in was very costly. So she was overdrawn on her account four times a month. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs using her power of attorney. The bank refused, saying the accounts were in her mom's name only, and then rubbed salt in the wound. They pushed it back on the family and said it was all our fault. We should have been on top of it, not them. That's when Marilyn got a hold of Jason at avoidprobate.ca. He accompanied Marilyn to the bank to move mom's money.
1: Why? The insurance companies now have as many, if not more, investment options than the banks have. Plus, we can also put a 100% death benefit guarantee on the account once it's at the insurance company. Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca.
3: I don't know how long my mother is going to live. None of us know. So my thing was, if she lives to 100, there'll be more than enough money to sustain her. How was avoidprobate.ca able to help Marilyn's mom?
1: It's a good news story. The account is earning... Much more than it did when it was at the bank in a low paying GIC. But more importantly, it's still 100% mom's money. There's no joint owner on the account, but there is a beneficiary on the account, which wasn't there before. Which means no tax issues and no probate to worry about.
3: I share my story with as many people as I can, and I hand out Jason's cards to lots of people and say, call this man. He'll walk you through
1: it. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you.
3: Avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628.
0: This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason
2: Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. This is the Avoid Probate Show with Ted Walsh and Jason Laidler. And the email address for Avoid Probate is info at avoidprobate.ca. The toll-free phone number is one eight four four six six seven seven six two eight, 667 7628 And should you go to www.avoidprobate.ca, you will find a free probate calculator. You can play with it and see roughly how much probate might be payable on your estate or your mom's estate, your dad's estate. And there's a button for anybody who missed the show or wants to hear one of the shows once again, clisten, uh, click to the, that's when you combine listen and click and you get clisten. I knew what you meant, Ted. Thank you. Click the listen to the show button to access past shows. So once again, it's avoidprobate.ca. And yes, it is www.
1: And it is also early Sunday morning. So yes, sir. thanks for that, Ted. Uh, let's so don't carry don't on to, here. Don't forget to clisten. Yes, Anyway, Fitzgerald versus Fitzgerald, uh, a decision released by the Nova Scotia Supreme Court in December of 2021 involved a testator who left his estate to his eight children in equal parts. The testator also died owning a TFSA. That's a tax-free savings account. And that TFSA named one of his daughters as beneficiary. You can put a beneficiary on on a registered account. The TFSA is an example of a registered account. You cannot Put it on the non-registered account. Mm-hmm. The executor, one of the deceased's sons, right? You can get to pick and choose who you want want to be your executor. This individual brought an application to court arguing that the TFSA belonged to the estate. And I touched on this earlier before the break about how the default, because of PCOR versus PCOR, it creates a resulting trust and it doesn't belong to you, even though you're named on it. It actually belongs to the estate and it's meant to be shared, So that was the argument that the son brought uh, before the court. He relied in part on the 2020 Ontario court decision in a case called Kalmuski versus Kalmuski, which found that the principle established under the 2007 Supreme Court of Canada decision, PCOR v. PCOR, that a transfer of property for no consideration to an adult is presumed to be a trust, unless the presumption can be rebutted by the transferee. He argued that this applied to a RIF uh, designation. So, in the Kalmuski case, which was an Ontario case, the decision, uh, I mentioned the RIF, and I'm sorry if that was confusing. The the Nova Scotia matter is with regard to a TFSA, but Kalmuski versus Kalmuski was a question about a RIF designation. And in that case, without getting into the gory details there, the beneficiary on the RIF, it was treated as a resulting trust. So, even though... I can't remember who the beneficiary was in Kalmuski, but the point was the judge decided that it was part of the estate after all and needed to be shared accordingly. So that was was the, the basis for the application that the son in Nova Scotia brought forward to the court saying that his sister really needs to be sharing the TFSA. In objecting to the application, the beneficiary in Fitzgerald argued that the presumption did not apply on the TFSA and that she had a right to receive the proceeds of the plan under Nova Scotia's beneficiaries legislation. Her father intended for her to have the TFSA's proceeds because of their close relationship, she argued. Very common argument, right? Hey, I know that, uh, you know, my siblings aren't going to agree with this, and they're going to think it's unfair, but because I've been lo- I've been the one looking after mom, spending my own money maybe, and my own time to take her to the doctor's appointments and whatever, she really did want this to be a gift for me as a way of saying thanks for helping me in my final years. Right. So that's a common argument. I get it. Mm-hmm. So the court in Fitzgerald, that's the case in Nova Scotia, took issue with the approach that was used in Kalmuski. Mean, in Kalmuski, the beneficiary, the RIF was treated as a trust. The court in Nova Scotia took issue With that, the presumption of resulting trust should apply to a beneficiary designation, arguing that, quote, there are significant and distinct differences between joint bank accounts and a beneficiary designation, be it a RIF or a TFSA. A TFSA is not held jointly because it's a registered account. You can't hold any registered accounts jointly. You don't have a joint owner on your RSP. You don't have a joint owner on your RIF. You don't have a joint owner on your TFSA because they're regulated. You know, they have rules and the rules apply to you. They can't apply to you and your brother, or they can't apply to you and your spouse, because they're they're based on your income and you know your RSP room that you've created based on your income, that kind of thing. So it's already complicated enough uh, knowing what these rules are. That and it, it would just get more complicated if you threw in another individual and and their particular situation. So no joint owner can be on a registered account. The court argued, and the proceeds. Uh, are transferred only at death, not during the testator's, uh, the transferor's lifetime. Also, provincial beneficiaries' legislation requires that the financial institution holding the plan pay the proceeds to the beneficiary and entitles the beneficiary to receive them. Well, in other words, you know the legislation requires that wherever the money is, when the person dies, it's got to get paid out. It's not like the institution can decide, no, we're not going to pay it. So they have to pay it out. They've got to pay it out to somebody. What choice do they have? They pay it out to the named beneficiary. That was a a factor. So the article goes on to say, to impose the presumption of resulting trust upon designated beneficiaries of TFSAs would frustrate the clear purpose of the legislature, to simplify the transfer of money, of monetary gifts from the transfer to his or her loved ones. The purpose is, and when I said this in the beginning... You know, you set you set this up to make it clear who you want to get your money. Well, that's what some people do. How could it be more clear? You're my kid. I got this account with money in it, and I want you to have it when I'm gone. Right? Mm. It's it, it seems like it's clear.
2: Well, that's that's why a lot of people fall prey to the rules because it, what seems to be isn't necessarily always there.
1: Well said, and that's why we're here. We can we want to clarify the situation for you, guide you. Before it's too late, and, and I say that for in, in more ways than one. We talk about how we can avoid probate. We want you to avoid the probate before mom passes away. Yeah. It's much easier to avoid the probate. In fact, it's almost impossible after the fact, And although we get those calls. And we can help you uh, navigate the probate nightmare, but we can't really help you avoid, avoid it after the fact. Yeah. So finally, the court pointed out that the beneficiary doesn't have access to the funds in a registered plan during the transfer's lifetime. So if, you know, if I'm your beneficiary on your TFSA, it doesn't mean I can access the TS, the TFSA. And that's the point they're trying to make here. Compared with a joint account, joint accounts different. But on a registered plan, if I'm your beneficiary, doesn't give me access during your lifetime as they would with a joint account. Further, being named beneficiary doesn't create a fiduciary relationship. With the transfer, you can name anybody you want as a beneficiary. And I I say this often uh, when we do the transfer to the insurance company on on the money money that was at the bank and put beneficiaries on it. And I'd say jokingly, but I say to make the point, you can now name the kids, the church, the cat, whoever, whatever, the charity. Well, that's, that's why I say church. The church is the charity. There was another case in B.C., That was referenced here where the the court applied the presumption of resulting trust to a beneficiary designation, but with divided results. I don't think I want to get into that. Advisors, this is interesting. Advisors should make notes when a client designates a beneficiary on a plan or policy indicating why the client named that person as beneficiary, why they excluded other family members as possible beneficiaries and other relevant circumstances Copy should be kept on file and given to the beneficiary to keep with their plan or policy. I am here to tell you, I would be shocked if it's more than 1% of advisors out there who are taking these notes that's being suggested here. Notes, and I was guilty at one time of uh, not taking these notes, but I no longer am in that category. So in other words, when we do the transfer from the bank to the insurance company, usually at no cost to the investor. If you're under the age of 85, it costs nothing. And you and I say to them, okay, tell me who I need to put down. Now that we can name beneficiaries, you got to tell me who it is. And fine, I record that. And what we're doing now is we are stipulated. We're, we're, we're saying on the application, it is my intention that these people receive these monies as a gift. And by simply saying that, and by spelling that out, and I mean like literally spelling it out on the paperwork, that is all you need to do. Uh, I should be careful about that. That helps you for sure. It helps you avoid a decision that it was really meant to be shared as a trust. Remember, the default setting is that it's a trust. It's a trust situation, a resulting trust. If you if you stipulate, no, this is not a trust. I really want Junior to have this money. Right. Well, then the court's going to respect that, and and it'll be it'll be clear, and it won't it won't be tied up in legal stuff for 10 years. We're almost done, the story, so we'll come back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, finish the story, tie it into another Ontario case, and uh, hopefully uh, make it more clear what the issue is here and what the potential solution is here. We'll talk about that when we get back from this quick break.
0: Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show with Ted Walsh and Jason Laidler from avoidprobate.ca. That's where you can find him. Info at avoidprobate.ca. Toll free 1-844-667-7628. Going to finish off your story here and then we're going to dip into the mailbag because we're always the, obviously we're continuously asking people to send their questions in.
1: Yes, and so. we want that to happen, and we love it when that happens because it's good for us, and it's also good for our listeners when we share this stuff. So we will do. Mm-hmm. I, I lost track of time, and I, I thought we were... Um, no, that's okay. Yep. So I do want to finish the story, though, yep. and ahead. I'll just cut to the chase. And if you want more information, of course, but once again, don't hesitate to email or call us and ask for more information, or, or you could look it up. I guess you could Google it. But I guess the bottom line here... The Nova Scotia decision you know, made a reference to the, the Supreme Court decision. It also made references to Ontario court decisions. It talked about Cal where the beneficiary on a riff was determined to be a resulting trust, even though an individual was named to be the recipient of the fund. The other conflicting case, and this is its kind of hard to believe. Well, maybe not. I mean, maybe if you're a lawyer, it's no surprise. There was another case in Ontario called MAC, M-A-K, MAC versus MAC, M-A-K. And again, it was a RIF that was uh, being questioned. And the judge in MAC versus MAC determined it was not a resulting trust. So two Ontario uh, court cases relatively close to each other. In one case, the RIF beneficiary was a resulting trust. In another case, the RIF beneficiary was not a resulting trust. So what does that do? But what does that do besides confuse you? Right. So now what do you do? So here's the, here's the bottom line. And this is what I was working up to these cases and these decisions all were questioning the treatment of a registered plan. They were both riffs in the two Ontario cases and it was a TFSA in Nova Scotia to my knowledge. And I stand to be corrected on this and I'm going to keep doing some research on this, but to my knowledge, the beneficiary on a non registered plan has not been challenged. So that's why I'm sharing this story. This was the setup because we are encouraging people to say bye-bye to the bank where the money is going to be probated. Let us help you do the transfer from the bank to an insurance company where you can put the beneficiaries on it. That is a non-registered account. I also, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. We will still, we can transfer registered money too. And I'm doing I'm the process of doing that right now mm-hmm. for our, our new friend out in Uxbridge it's a non-registered account and a TFSA, but a lot of people just say, "Yeah, Jason, just do me a favor and transfer the whole thing because I want you to be the advisor on the account. I like what I like what you're proposing in terms of investment options, and um, I don't want to get uh, three or four different statements from different institutions. I'm trying to make my I'm trying to simplify my life, so that's all legit stuff. And so we will. Transfer, happily be the advisor on the registered stuff, but the issue here is all about the non-registered account, and that's something the bank cannot help you with unless they they suggest that they make a joint, and that's a whole other show, and we've done that show, and we'll do it again. Don't make a joint. Call us. Do not make a joint. You have other options that the bank can't provide for you. We can. Okay. Mailbag time. Yep. How about that? Switch gears here. Sorry about that, uh, dragging our feet Sorry, there to I get just... to the mailbag. Let's let's just jump in. So, I, I love the fact that somebody called to complain about the fact that the podcast list was uh, not up to date. So we talk about the podcast, and if you if you missed the show, yeah, we Sunday talked morning, about that last week. I thought, and, yeah, you know, I think so now, too. It's now up to date. Okay, it's up to date, but somebody else called as well, and. I was really surprised. I, not, it might have been the same person, to be honest. I don't know. I didn't take the call. It went to mom. But, yes, just to remind people, the podcast is now up to date. Ted, i got to tell you an interesting story. I ran into a couple of very smart people. Uh, I won't even say the town. But um, one guy, I'll, I'll give him fake names, of course. Uh, one guy, we'll call him Bill. And we'll just call the other guy a doctor because, guess what, he's a doctor. So Bill is an accountant, like I said, smart guy. And he actually has a job as a controller for a decent-sized corporation. The doctor is a doctor. So, again, smart guy. The doctor's mother passed recently, mm. like last, late last year, so six months or something. That's what I mean when I say recently. Let's give you a, a time perspective. The lawyer told the doctor the probate process would take three to four weeks. I don't know what kind of lawyer... He's dealing with or who, who would say that? I would never say that, even if it was like way up north in uh, I don't know whatever way up north in Ontario, where the courts aren't nearly as busy as they are here in the GTA. You know, the GTA waiting time is the longest in the province because the courts are the busiest, right? And they were backed up pre-COVID, and then they were closed for a bunch of months, and mm-hmm. they're backed up even more than they were. And so it, it just I thought it was really interesting how these two smart individuals. And it was, we're all, it was the same conversation. we all three of us were having this conversation. The accountant's spouse passed away a few years ago, but that's not a probate problem, right? On the first passing of a couple, the probate's not an issue. And so I hear that from some people as well when they say, well, I don't have to worry about probate because uh, everything's, everything's joint with my spouse to which I respond. Well, okay, not forever. It's not. <laughs> and some people get it and some people don't. They're like, what do you mean? I said, well, it's not going to be joint forever. Someone's going to die first. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a potential probate problem waiting in the wings. The doctor whose mother passed away, who was told it would be three or four weeks, I said, well, how long's it been? He said three or four months. And as far as he knows, they're no further ahead. He has no idea where they are in the probate process. We say here 10 months. Uh, it's a GTA matter. So, you know, we say 10 months. I think that's optimistic, and that's if it's all you know, squeaky clean you know if there's any hiccups at all something is incomplete somebody challenges something anything like that at all forget it you're talking about years but hopefully you know and I call this person a friend so I'm hoping there's no hiccups and then it gets resolved uh, sooner than later but there's no way it's going to be 3 or 4 weeks we already know that it's it's months and months that have passed the other question in the same conversation with these gentlemen the question about a will registry came up i don't think we've ever talked about a will registry on the show before there's a lot of confusion is there such a thing as a will registry? And that one of the guys were saying, why don't we just you know why is there so why is it so confusing? Why don't we just have a registry and you submit the will and that keeps it simple? you don't have to worry about finding it And I get it there, there's merit to that. So there is there are will registries, but they're not provincial so somebody can can create one and that's happened and i'm going to just going to talk about one right here that was created by of all places this is, i thought this was really interesting there's a will check will check c h e c k will check is a service run by the county of Carleton law association library you can find out more about us uh, at the website funding for will check was made available through the federation of ontario law associations and um yeah, so how does it work? What does it cost? There's no cost associated with providing client information to check At the current time, searches for information stored within the database are free, but you have to be a lawyer. So that doesn't really help our listeners, unless they're lawyers. Talks, talks about the security of the information that's there. How do I do a search? Just fill in the form. We'll get back to you within three business days. At this time, search requests will only be performed by for practicing lawyers in good standing with the LSO or equivalent. And the LSO, like I said, is the um, Association... Law Society with, of Ontario. No, it's... Yes, thank you. It's the Law Society of Ontario. It's relatively new, and so they say Will check started collecting information only as recent, or is it as late, as 2017. So anything older than that is probably not going to be on the list anyway. Um, so as such, the information in this database is largely comprised of will information from this time forward. So if the will is older than that, it's probably not going to be there. Please check with the lawyer who wrote your will and have them submit the information to us. So it's a free service. It's it's called Will Check. I just wanted to share that information as a, as a public service. It uh, doesn't mean it doesn't mean every law, every lawyer is using it. It doesn't mean it's comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have a comprehensive provincially run will registry? I don't know. That's a good question. And if if it's something that you think is important, maybe you should be talking to your MPP. Do you know who your MPP is, Ted? Yes, I do. Me too. I think.
2: Yes, I do.
1: I think mine is the the famous uh, Mulrooney lady,
2: Carolyn. Yes, or is it Carol North
1: Carolina? Uh, if you say so. I've seen her do a couple of presentations, um, of course, we both know her father, or of of her father. Yes. All right. Former Prime Minister. Met him once. Really? How so?
2: I've actually I met him live. I was I was him seeing a function for the Ukrainian community in Edmonton, and he was a guest in the audience, and he came backstage and uh, introduced himself to me, as I already <laughs> know who he was. Um, very nice man. Was he, was he the Prime Minister? Hand. He was Prime Minister
1: at the time. Wow, look at you. It was in the 80s. This is why This is why we refer to you as the world-famous Ted Walsh. Mm. All right, that was a, uh, okay. a, a short uh, mailbag. We have lots of mailbag stuff to, to talk about. I keep saying we're going to do a whole show on the mailbag, and we are. I'm just not sure when, but uh, it's going to happen. So keep listening for that, and keep sending us your emails and questions and uh, potential mailbag Stuff that we can and you know,
2: sometimes, sometimes people hesitate to send in their questions because they feel, well, nobody's going to care about this, or this is a foolish question, or I feel like a fool for asking this because everybody should know the answer. But you know, you never learn unless you ask.
1: Yes, and I, and I want to, you know, I said we were done, but I'm just going to throw this out there because I had a very short conversation recently with a caller who called on behalf of his 97 year old father who has a condo in the city of uh, Toronto and they were calling to ask about the Bear Trust. We talk about the Bear Trust Mm -hmm. regularly. We're not going to get into it right now, of course, but we want to talk about any probate concerns or questions that you have, so don't hesitate.
2: Yeah, and we're going to deal with the Bear Trust uh, in in detail a little further. uh, Yes, once again, yes. As spring rolls around. In the meantime, we will take a break and come back with more of Avoid Probate. Learn more about avoiding probate at
0: avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler
2: of avoidprobate.ca. Hope you have a good morning. Hey, this is the Avoid Probate Show. Ted Walsh and Jason Laidler inviting you to touch base with Jason. During the course of the week, you can do so by going to info at avoidprobate.ca. If you wish to call, you may do so toll free 1-844-667-7628. The nice lady at the end of the phone would be Jason's mom. Hi, mom. And she will direct your call to Jason, who will get back to you as soon as possible and if it takes a little bit of time just to be patient because he, he the man gets a little bit busy uh, because it, he doesn't return my calls either and, <laughs> and I, I work with him I have to see him every week and he has to face me so so don't don't feel upset about it
1: that's why I return your call before we get together so I don't have to get to you've been kind of enough to allow
2: me to talk about my my podcast here for the last uh, well, it's, we've been doing it now for six months absolutely six months already. and um, this week should people decide to pick up on the podcast It's simply called Ted Walsh and Podcast. It's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on iHeart. Everywhere you find podcasts, you will find it. If you you want to sign up to the Ted Walsh and Facebook page, you can find it that way as well. This week's episode, we talked to Scott McGillivray, who hosts a program on the uh, HGTV Called Scott's Vacation House Rules. He takes cottages, transforms them into rental properties, and he does this for a number of different reasons. Uh, first of all, because it's it's good business practice if if you want to do that for a living. Also, for some people, and and this is a real personal thing, and it was with him too, as he explains on my program. When you find yourself receiving a cottage after someone has has passed, you're subject to some serious taxation problems there.
1: Exactly. So this is tying into the avoid probate show. That's and I, right. We Precisely. Right.
2: So what he does is he says, okay, look... You know, deal with that somehow. Start start paying that off. We'll fix up the cottage. We'll start renting the cottage out for you, so you start making it. It's 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 not only can you uh, make some money, but you can use that money to pay off the whatever tax, debt has tax, is, is, has been accumulated, and you can keep the cottage in the family because in many cases it's a legacy that you want to hold absolutely. On to. And he talks about how at a at a young age, relatively young age, his father passed, mm-hmm. and they lost the family cottage. It was devastating oh, to no. them. So you can understand. Yeah. What where, where we're coming from in this. So you get a chance to to, to yep. listen to the podcast. You'll hear him talk about that briefly during the course of the show. So uh, thank you, Jason.
1: Uh, my pleasure. I look forward to hearing about or, or hearing the show, of course. I listen every week. And again, you know, we mentioned the Bear Trust and that's another yep. opportunity to do something with the cottage on. And so we can talk about that another time because we're out of time for this week, I'm afraid. So I just want to say... Thanks to Kelly uh, for thanks, Kelly. doing her thing behind the glass. She she was a rock star today, as, as she is every week. And uh, thanks to Ted Walsh for his decades of radio excellence. Thank you, Zoomers, for your time today and for tuning into the show. And I hope you're going to tune in again every Sunday morning here on AM 740 at 8 a.m. Ted, next Sunday, let's do it again. Look forward to it. Have a nice week, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
0: You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.